Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And it is awesome. I'm going to carry on our league chat. We've been going and out. We're going to go another 10 or so minutes with the great man Dan Talentire out of NRL, one of the uh, leading contributors there. Dan, welcome in. Hey, Savvy, great to chat to you again. Uh, really exciting to do the last 10 minutes of your hour and 10-minute long rugby league chat. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, mate. Uh, before we look at round two, um, gosh, it, for interest's sake in the NRL, some of those results out of the weekend um, over here, obviously, the one New Zealand Warriors, 2012, over the Knights, but the Broncos beating the Panthers and the Dolphins beating the Roosters I don't think even Nostradamus on steroids would have picked that. Uh, no, no. Certainly very few people, I think, were rocking eight from eight from their tipping last week. Just a brilliant round to kick off the season, wasn't it? There were upsets. There was thrilling finishes, um, some really good performances. Look, a fantastic round. Ratings were through the roof in Australia here. I'm sure similar results uh, in New Zealand as well with the Warriors playing really well uh, under Andrew Webster. Yeah, just a fantastic round to kick off the year, and it sets the platform really well for an even uh, better round two. One of the two teams that's going to be looking for a bounce back is tonight, 10 o'clock New Zealand time, which must be 8 o'clock over there. Panthers taking on the Rabbitohs. Um, and you can probably find as many people in the street saying Panthers will be minor premiers, but there's a lot of support out there for the Rabbitohs. They looked good last week as well. Yeah, I thought they really did. Obviously, I thought Cronulla actually played them really well without Nico Hines last week. But South probably just had a little bit too much class in the end. Um, probably what's difficult for South this week is I think a few of their absentees. They lost both Jai Arrow and Tavita Tatola really early in last week's game. Um, both of those won't feature this week. So I think a few are missing there for the Rabbitohs. Uh, whereas Penrith, I think, look, while they were certainly clunky last week against Brisbane, they did only go down by a point and certainly had some opportunities late in the game to potentially even make that a tighter finish. So, look, I think Penrith certainly won't have been happy with their start to the year going down in the World Club Challenge and then going down again to Brisbane. I think it would be a brave person to suggest they lose three home games in a row given how dominant they've been at Penrith. Uh, I actually really like them winning this game. I think they, uh, Ivan Cleary will have this side really up for it after last week's disappointment. Um, and something like that, a little bit of a reality check, might not be the worst thing for a side that has been just so dominant over the last three, four years. And then Friday night, we see the 12th-placed Eels taking on the 14th-placed Sharks. I, important season for the Eels this year? Yeah, very much so. Obviously, uh, I think what much was kind of made about a lot of the players they lost in the off-season, perhaps headlined most by Isaiah Papali'i going from the Eels to the Tigers. Uh, Reed Marnie going to the Bulldogs. Certainly two really big absentees. And I think they really felt those losses last week, as well as some of the other players like Maratha Niakore and uh, other players. Sean Lane was out injured. Ryan Madison is currently suspended. So a really, really important game for the Eels. Uh, it is Mitchell Moses' 200th game. Um, so I think they'll certainly be up for it. Um, but obviously we know Eels under pressure at the moment. And they've got a really tricky start to the year. Um, uh, you don't want to get too ahead of it, but they play Manly at Manly next week followed by a game against Penrith, followed by a game against the Roosters. So it, this is a really big game in the context of their season. Don't want to start 0-2, have to 
having been in last year's grand final. Uh, for Cronulla, I think, look, they're obviously still up against it without Nico Hines. He's still sidelined with a calf injury. That does limit their attacking creativity, but I thought they played really well last week without him. I thought uh, Braden Trindle was excellent in the halves. Mm. Um, oh, look, I still think they're a real chance this week. I just think Parramatta at home, uh, given the disappointment of, of their opening round, I think they'll just be a little bit too strong uh, against the Cronulla side that uh, doesn't quite have their star playmaker yet. Just on the heels, Mitch Moses, uh, is he worth as much as he's holding out for? Players' worth is always such a tricky thing. I mean, ultimately, he's worth what a team is willing to pay him, first and foremost. Mm. And it seems like there's two teams that are willing to pay him certainly big money. Uh, we have to remember, too, I think Mitch showed last year that he was a grand final halfback. Um, so he's certainly one of the top halfbacks in the game. And the reality is players like that don't just grow on trees. You know, I think if you're the Eels, if you don't have Mitch Moses, who are you going to get? Um, as your star million-dollar playmaker. And similarly, I can understand why the Tigers are chasing him so hard. If they miss out on him, they, you know, there's certainly a bit of a, a lack in their halves. Obviously, they've got Brooks and, and, and Dewey there at the moment. Um, but Mitch is certainly one of the top playmakers in the game, and I think we just see that elevation in the price come as a result of a, a little bit of supply and demand there. Um, he's one of the, the premier playmakers, and if teams are willing to go all in for him, given what he's shown over 199 games so far... I can understand it. Um, look, salary caps are going up, so players' salaries are going to go up as a result. Um, it is also just a little bit opportunistic with a bit of a bidding war. Sometimes that does lead to increased price. And look, I think we all know players are in the game for a short amount of time. So if Mitch can get uh, this money, he's obviously got a young baby. Um, he's got engaged, I think, I think as well. So look, certainly, uh, yeah, a really good uh, thing for him and his family. Um, and I just hope that it leads into a really good performance for him this week as he celebrates his 200th. You won't believe this. I'm just going to tell you this because it's happened right now, um, Dan. Sir Peter Charles Leach, the mad butcher, has been in our B studio recording something. He's just opened the door while the on-air light is on and thrown me a warrior's cap. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't he a wonderful I'm not going to say anything of Sir Peter Leach. What an absolute legend. And look, wouldn't he be happy with how the Warriors played last week? Oh, boy, oh, boy. A former Warrior has been named to start uh, for the Broncos, Reese Walsh. And uh, just in the back line, the matchups in this back line, Walsh against Drinkwater, Corey Oates, Kyle Felt, Val Holmes, Katoni Staggs, uh, um, Adam Reynolds, Chance, Chad Townsend. Add all to that that it's the Queensland derby, a feature match at Suncorp. Oh, match of the round. Oh, Absolutely, I think. I'd be stunned if there's not 40,000 at Suncorp cheering this game on. I think these are two really important teams to watch this year. I think the Broncos certainly would have been disappointed with how last year finished for them. Obviously, they were a top-four side pretty much all year and then fell away late and actually missed the finals. The Cowboys, I think many had tipped them to run in the bottom four and they finished as high as they did. So, look, I think they've both continued off where they... Uh, left last year, the Broncos, I thought, were excellent against Penrith. A really gritty performance. Adam Reynolds was just incredible in what he provided with his leadership and his guidance. The Cowboys, look, they obviously came out really fast against Penrith, uh, really out of the box quickly to lead 18-0, uh, against Canberra, sorry, 18-0 uh, up, and then obviously Canberra took them back before Chad Townsend got them home. I think that's actually a really important win for them. Obviously, kind of, if they've thrown that one away, I think there's a little bit of chance that the heads will drop, but not only did they have that reality check last week to keep the put on the pedal, um, they also still got away with the two points. So, look, absolutely shapes up to the mouth-watering game. You speak about the, the back line uh, of both sides. Up front, you've still got guys like Payne Haas, Patrick Carrigan, 
uh, Jason Tamalolo, uh, Ruben Cotter. Like they're, they're, the list of players that could influence this game is immense. And it should be an absolute uh, cracker of a game on uh, Friday night. Would it be a fair statement if we take off our, like if I take off my Warriors cap and people take off their Cronulla jerseys, the NRL is a better competition if the Broncos are performing well? I think we saw last week that just Queensland teams doing well is great for the game. All four Queensland teams won last week. Look, we know how big the Broncos fan base is and we know how big the audience is in Brisbane, so big that there was a second team introduced in the Dolphins and we saw just how strong their engagement has been. Uh, they obviously had a great crowd last week and have sold out their stadium this week. We'll get to them in a bit. But look, certainly I think we know that a healthy competition across Australia and New Zealand is an excellent thing. Brisbane's obviously a big part of that given their history in the game and it's certainly great to see them playing well given uh, the roster they've got and the size of kind of their audience that they've had historically over a number of years. Roosters, Warriors, I should have saved it to last, but I can't wait to hear what you think about this. <laughs> Roosters, 15th on the table. Warriors, 5th. Come on, you mighty Warriors. Come on, the Warriors. Look, I did say, I think, uh, fairly early into last year that Andrew Webster was a fantastic person. I'd just like to be on record with that again this year. <laughs> I, I absolutely love Webby. He is a fantastic coach. I'm really excited to see what he can do at the Warriors there. Uh, former roommate of mine when we were at the Tigers, so very excited to see him go well there. Look, uh, look. There's a playing the Roosters in their first game in Sydney after they've had a bad loss. It's probably not the matchup you want, but it's a great opportunity for the Warriors. I certainly don't think they'll. Um, they're going into this game as quite heavy outsiders. I certainly don't think that'll be the case. I can look. I can see the Roosters getting home just given the, um, you know, the talent they have available, particularly if both Victor Radley and Brandon Smith play, which it's looking like they will as they undergo their head injury assessment protocols this week. But there was a lot to like about the Warriors last week. Um, obviously, I thought they. Um, controlled that contest really well. I thought uh, Tomato Martin was excellent. I'm really excited to see how he goes this year. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of new combinations there which are going great. And the uh, depth of talent that I think is there in the Warriors is a really exciting thing. Um, a lot of young forwards, which I think is great. I thought Jackson Ford was excellent last week. Um, yeah, certainly some really great signs to watch moving forward. Uh, this is a big test this weekend, though, against the Roosters. Yeah, what was the big... What was your big takeout? I know Sammy Hewitt, of course, the game for us over here. His word was the resilience that the Warriors showed in their fight for the whole 80 minutes and also a little bit of fitness. Yeah. They were getting back on defence. There was, there was just some good professional urgency from them last week. Yeah, professional urgency is a good thing. I think it's certainly something that I think Andrew Webster will have instilled. You've got to remember he's been both an attack coach and a defensive coach previously in his time as an assistant coach. So I think it's rare to kind of have a head coach that spent time doing both of those facets of the game. Um, one, you know, they usually prioritise one over the other. And I think what that leads to is really great team buy-in. Um, I think that was certainly something that's been led right throughout um, uh, what's been said all year. I, I really liked what Andrew Webster said post-game around it being a new DNA for them, that resilience. I think if they can capture that, um, that's something that'll hold them through a lot of games. You're not always going to win games because you're resilient, um, but you will win more than you lose um, purely by hanging in the contest. Um, and I think we've seen so many times over the years, I think the Melbourne Storm are probably the ultimate pinnacle of that. If you just keep fighting, there are so many times that they will get over the line at the end. Um, if that's something the Warriors can capture, which I think is fair to say they probably haven't historically-gotten right all the time, if they can hold on to that, they will be a, a real tough side to, to face this year. And I think we probably might have also underestimated just how hard it is to go from Australia to New Zealand. It's mm. a trip that, you know, we haven't really made for two and a half years for a lot of these Australian teams. There'd be a lot of players that have never played the Warriors in New Zealand. 
it is a tough trip, and historically it was always such a tough trip for Australian teams. If, if the Warriors can kind of make that home ground, the Fortress, obviously they were not at Mount Smart last week, but when they are at Mount Smart and wherever they are in New Zealand, if they can make those grounds a Fortress, they will be a really tough side to beat this year. The one that pleased my heart after the Warriors win, actually, uh, I'm a bit of a romantic when it comes to the sport, was, was the Dolphins, Wayne Bennett. Uh, people have been called, calling it the retirement home team. When you've got a year left in your career, you go to the Dolphins. They were pretty special last week. They were just incredible. And those scenes were terrific. You know, and I think it's a really great example of what happens when you have players that buy into to something and, and just how much a, a team can come together and really bring out the best in people. Um, I think getting the experienced heads that Wayne Bennett did in the Bromwich brothers and uh, Felice Kapusi, um, I thought they were all excellent together in the way in which they led the side. Felice was just incredible in the way in which he uh, set up that team defensively. Um, and then when you have those players that are playing well, it adds the opportunity for Isaiah Katoa to play well. I thought Sean O'Sullivan was excellent. Um, Hamiso is obviously electric. Jermaine Asako played well. Oh, I re- I'm a big fan of Pomboli Lemuelu, um, who's been coming off the bench for them. I think he's a real player to watch. So, yeah, look, I think any rugby league fan was certainly had of a bit of a, a romantic element to the Dolphins last week. Maybe not Roosters fans, but everyone else was fairly keen for to see the Dolphins go well. And they're at home this week, sold out at KO Stadium in Redcliffe uh, against the Raiders. And that's a really intriguing matchup. Um, Canberra were, were very good for 50-odd minutes against the Cowboys last week. They were just quite slow at the start and didn't quite nail the ending, and they've lost. Um, really tough trip for them now, still uh, back on the Sunshine Coast now. I've actually stayed in Queensland all week, Canberra, so it's mm. going to be interesting to see whether that time in camp has been beneficial for them. Um, but, yeah, it's really shaping up as quite an intriguing game. And uh, a team, I like to call the project team, since Phil Gould went to the Bulldogs, they'd have to be disappointed in their performance last week. But have they got the bounce-back ability? Um, exclude the Storm as part of the equation, even though they are playing them. <laughs> can, can, can you see them bouncing back during the season and maybe being a playoff threat? Oh, I think undoubtedly. With the, ta- with the talent they have available, there is no doubt that the Bulldogs can bounce back. I, I don't know if we'll see a, a more... I, I thought Matt Burton and Billy Amakikau really struggled last week, and that's not usual for them. They are superb players of um, high class, they're both representative players, and without doubt we'll see a more improved Bulldogs this week, um, but also as the year goes on. So I certainly can see them being a threat. Um, I think they've had a lot of changes in their spine, obviously with Reid Marnie going there, uh, Hayes Perrin moving back to fullback. That, that, that's a fair change in the way in which your team operates. Um, and so I think it'll be interesting to see how they go throughout the year as those combinations grow. Um, without doubt, they are, they are moving forward as a team from where they were. Obviously, the arrival of Stephen Crichton next year will make them even stronger. And I know you said to remove it from the equation, but you kind of can't remove Melbourne <laughs> in Melbourne from the equation. They are an incredible side. It almost seems to not matter how many players they have missing every week. They just continue to turn up and find a way. And Again, they might be missing a few, but when you have the class of uh, Jerome Hughes and, and Harry Grant, they are always going to be a very tricky side to beat. Brilliant, Dan. Always enjoy talking the great game of NRL with you. Thanks heaps for chatting to us and rounding out our hour and a half of rugby league today. <laughs> Absolute pleasure, Savvy. All the best. Cheers, buddy. Dan Talentai out of the NRL. We'll take new sport weather. We'll come back after that.